Hello everybody and welcome back to Chapter Tactics where we go over tactics and strategies for both new and veteran players alike. Today we're doing another faction deep dive with the one, the only, Alex McDougal. How's it going, man? Oh, great. I'm uh, excited with all the, the newness that I've been getting. Yeah, uh, how, how are you feeling with the new bugs as of right now? Just like just a little precursor because that's what we're talking about. So how, how are you feeling with the new book? Let's give us a, a nice little spoiler. Uh, definitely starting to get pretty comfortable with how it plays. Um, mm. Obviously, the overall power level is pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, but I've definitely been having a lot of fun with just getting to throw all of my models onto the table rather mm -hmm. than just being like, I'll leave 90% of these on the shelf. Um, yeah. It feels really good to be like, uh, I want to play with that unit that I haven't played with for a while. Sure, and it'll work just fine for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the, the the book is just so, so, so nice. It's 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 a really good book. Um, we're not going to do a uh, deep dive into the Codex. Uh, if you have played Tyranids, or if you are a player of Tyranids, um, obviously, you know, the book has been leaked for, like, a pretty long amount of time. Uh, so there's a lot of already content out there to talk about the Codex. We're not going to do that. We're just going to talk about how Tyranids are going to do in the meta as of right now. I also love your cat, by the way, Alex. It's it's so adorable. It's just staring at the camera. It's so cute. Yeah, there's no way that we're going to be able to do this without her coming yeah. along. She, if he leaves, the other one will join us. I, 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 My theory right now is that that cat is actually you. It's just like speaking through you. I think I think that's what's going on here. <laughs> that, um, what are they, Harry Potter, where they just like, turn into animals so they have their familiar? Yeah, yeah, right. But but yours is just, yeah. That's what. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, before we get started, though, uh, this show is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get amazing game mats for not just your 40k games, but almost any tabletop game out there. Purchase miniatures at a discount and join some of the largest 40k events in the industry. Full Color Terrain is back in stock now, so every single Monday they put out a small uh, set, so you can go over there, purchase that, do all that good stuff. LSO is coming up, BAO is coming up, Cruise Hammer is coming up, so many cool events. Go check them out and join them, go buy your tickets, and get ready for some really crazy events out there. LVO is even coming up uh, somewhat soon. It feels like it just came by, but it's, it's coming back, and uh, I believe tickets for... Pre-ordering tickets for LVO starts, I think, next month. So get ready for that. Uh, and so without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Alex, how about you uh, do a little introduction of yourself? I know that we've had you on the um, on the show before, but let's do another introduction for those that don't know who you are. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I've been playing Warhammer in general for about 22-ish years now. So ever since I was a kid, uh, I've always really enjoyed it. It's always been that like kind of primary hobby, I would say. Um, mm. Most have been playing Tyranids for that entire time. I've gone back and forth between most variants of Eldar, um, every once in a while playing League Marines or Imperial Guard, just to have some fun. But it's I've always kind of come kept coming back to Tyranids. It's just what I enjoy the most. Okay. All right. So you've just been playing for a very long time. Um, speaking of uh, Marines, we'll talk about that just a little bit later on with their new uh, data slate update with Armor of Contempt and how that deals with or how Tyranids deal with that, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, you've been playing Tyranids for a super long time. How does it feel going from when you first started to now, like with this new codex? 
man, it's it's crazy. Um, I've we've never had a codex like this before. This mm. is the strongest codex of eight or of of Tyranids like ever. There's mm. never been this strong. Um, they've ranged from like pretty good to pretty bad, mostly on the bad side. Yeah, and it's weird to just be like, oh, everything's strong. Like this is crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. I think that before there was like um what a flyrant uh flyrant like uh flying circus spam that was like a really big deal back in the day but then like since then it's been like kind of okay ish uh you know you had look your our leviathan and crusher stampede uh update recently that one brought us back in uh pretty hardcore uh I, i remember when you were first on here you weren't on the crusher hype train uh how do you feel about it now but without um, the new I mean, codex, without the new codex, but like, okay. yeah. No, I mean, I definitely had my eyes opened when I had to play it um, for round of eight at LVO of like, oh, this just plays the game a lot harder than I thought it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I still thought it was going to have like primary game issues, but I was like, oh, you can just be Leviathan and make all your monsters objective secured and just yeah. kind of steal them with like low models. Yeah. <laughs> Everything hits so hard. Um, I would definitely say that it's still really strong and I mean, we'll talk about how it interacts with the new codex in a bit here. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's going to be a pretty big topic. Um, now, when it comes to this new Tyranids Codex, how are you feeling about it? Like, just, just let's just rip the bandaid off right now. How do you feel about the codex? Do you uh, do you like it? Like, where do you rank it as of right now? Like, how do you feel this codex works like competitively? Um, it's it's really cool. It's got all the stuff I want. Um, I feel like I can throw like any model on. I feel like I can make kind of not any build, but like most of the builds that I would want to. You can go like really heavy down the Psyker way. Mm-hmm. You can go heavy to shooting. Obviously, you can do a ton of combat. You can be the fast army. I feel like I've just got the ability to throw like anything on. The internal balance is really good. Um, is it good for the game? <laughs> like the meta? Yeah. Probably not. It's probably <laughs> going to be just as pushed as any of the other ones before. Um mm-hmm. I think it might live in that weird space where, like, it took... I mean, we might already be onto the, the game here, but it, it'll it live in that weird space where it'll kind of feel a little better than, like, Tower Harlequins, where you don't yeah. get to interact with those armies. They just yeah. go, ah, I'm be over here, and they just, like, shoot you off the board. Um, it'll kind of feel like Jukari, where it was like, you were always going to lose because they just have too efficiently pointed stuff but at least you were like oh look i killed all the raiders and i killed a bunch of the stuff inside like it still felt like you were playing the game even though you were never gonna win and i think tyrants might feel like that for for some people yeah it like, doesn't... Oh, i killed all the warriors I killed all the gaunts but still yeah. lost 90 to 50 yeah yeah it's um i guess you could say that it's not as oppressive <sighs> it's so it's so hard to say but like um it, i guess you can say that it's not um as feel badsy like you were saying it's very interactive still uh there's some stuff that you can do around them all that stuff but because their points are just so efficient and like the amount of stuff that they can do with the points cost that they're at right now is uh pretty uh is pretty strong um we're okay so that's that's what you think about the codex Let, let's let's go and ahead and jump right in with the leviathan supplement and crush a stampede because this is still a pretty big topic um it has yet to be addressed as of right now as of the time of this recording uh for this episode leviathan supplement and crush a stampede are still legal as of right now how is that playing into your head 
Um, I've kind of just decided that that's not a universe I even want to live in. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat. Yeah, I I've played 25-ish games. Um, I have played none of them with pressure and none of them with the Leviathan supplement. I've just kind of been ignoring that they even exist. Um, I've had incredibly high win rates without them, mm-hmm. and I can't even imagine a world where you get like both. I yeah. guess it just seems really not okay. When you've got stuff like Trampling Charge and Breaking Through, you could just trigger them twice. So like, oh, here's 12 Mortal Wounds before the yeah. <laughs> combat before, phase Yeah, before starts. you even hit them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that character's dead, and that character's dead. Cool, now I'll fight. It's ridiculous. And then um, and then what? Like, Reaper of Oblitrax as well? Like, you're just dishing out so many Mortal Wounds. If you guys don't know what Reaper of Ob- or Actually, do you want to go over what Trampling Charge is for the people that don't know? Yeah, sure. I mean, in reality, this is one of the reasons that I think that Crusher won't survive. Or, I mean, I'm hoping that it won't survive. But, like, in my opinion, Trampling Charge is, like, the balanced version of the Crusher Stampede version. I agree. So yeah. Crusher Stampede is, like, if your strength is better than their strength, which will be the case most of the time, you get on a 3+, plus, you deal a mortal wound for however many wounds you have left. So if you have let's say 12 wounds, it's, like, it's a hive tyrant, you're just like, oh, I'm looking, and it caps at 6. Okay, cool, so you're looking for a 6 3 pluses on 12 dice? That's easy, you easy. should just roll 8 most of the time. Trampling Charge is the balanced version of that, where if you have a specific keyword, it gets a little better. If you don't have the keyword, you do like D3 or 3 mortal wounds. Like, that's, that's far more reasonable than just almost 100% of the time, here are 6 mortal wounds. Mm-hmm with no variation at all yeah yeah and the um i think the caveat is that you have to have the keyword horn chitin um you have to be a horn chitin model and on a two to five uh you take three flat mortal wounds and on a six i believe it's uh d3 plus three mortal wounds on the charge so uh still very very strong by itself just in general um but like there's just so many mortal wounds that you can pop off inside of this book. Uh we mentioned briefly Reaper of Oblitrax. That relic is insane. Uh you couple that was uh so so what that ability does is or what that relic does is uh it equips to anything that has uh the bone swords, uh or anyone that's holding a born sword and lash whip. So this is gonna go on your flying hive tyrant. Um whenever you make an attack, uh if whenever it successfully wounds Whenever any of your attacks successfully wounds, you deal a mortal wound in addition with no cap, uh, and you have access to reroll your wound rolls as well. Um, so, like, you couple that in with trampling charge, hand breaking through, and your psychic powers. It's like, it's not uncommon that you can drop 18 mortal wounds on a unit um, at, at any given time. You will one shot like a knight, like, very easily for 2 CP, maybe 3. It's, uh, it's pretty gross. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot. And yeah. uh, it's one of those things where, I mean, honestly, the biggest part about all of this is that if you're doing this with the Flying Hive Tyrant, it's mm-hmm. not a trade piece anymore. So there's another stratagem called Encircle of Prey, oh my which goodness. is anything with yeah. fly or burrow. <laughs> so at the end of the turn, you can just leave. So a lot of times, I think you can do that for like cool technical plays, like pulling like... something, because you, it's at the end of the turn, so you get to mm-hmm. like throw a unit forward, get your stranglehold, you know, hold three and more than your opponent. Stop mm-hmm. getting at that. And then spend one CP and leave. Cool, so I didn't have to trade that unit. But with the Tyrant, you're just like, uh, yeah, I throw him 28 inches into your lines because I advanced and cast Onslaught on him, 
and then got a good easy charge because we have stratagems to boost the charge now. Got in there, murdered everything he was touching, and now I'm going to spend one CP and I leave, and you don't even get to fight back. Yeah, it's it's so uninteractive. It is crazy. Um, speaking about encircling the prey, this is that's a strategy that you're going to see like almost every single game that you're fighting against Tyranids. Um, uh, Alex already talked about what it does. It's any unit that has fly. Uh, you just select it at the end of your turn, and then you just post it back up into the sky, and then it can deep strike in at any point in the game, um, which is pretty powerful. Uh, what? So is that a stratagem that you're constantly using all the time? I usually use it about two or three times a game. Mm. Uh, once on the turn that the fly rate goes in and deals some really important damage to something I need to get rid of, mm. um, maybe one on turn two, or maybe even on turn one, if you know, if the Tyrant isn't going turn one, we'll use turn one on, like, Gargoyles or um, uh, the Parasite or mm. Zone Thropes. And it's usually just, like, get onto an objective, raise the banner, leave, so I can use that Gargoyle unit later, or Parasite. I like giving the Parasite the Warlord trait for five models, count as Obzek. She's great to just oh, go interesting. and, like... Yeah. Yeah, just, like, because she's crazy fast. She moves 16, so you just, like, advance her fly over something, you know, do some damage if you want, land on an objective, get stranglehold, and then she leaves. Yeah. Um, and some throws are nice to just, like, take off the board. Uh, I, was, I was specifically doing this against Harlequins, where we were concerned with the fact that I just can't hit your Void Weavers. Throw the Zoanthropes up, land them down, super smite, kill a Void. Cool. Uh, oh, a yeah. fine trade. Yeah, a good, uh, one, one would say uh, a very balanced trade. And then, uh, but there is a caveat for Encircle the Prey. If you do come onto the board, you can't use Encircle the Prey on the unit that came onto the board. So that, thank God. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, so you didn't, you didn't, um, you didn't uh, mention the Harpy as one of your units for using Encircle the Prey on. Uh, do you not run like Harpies at all? Uh, I've been mostly practicing for GW Seattle. Okay. Uh, which. My fear is that with GW terrain, you can hide like basically everything because you've got the massive twelve by twelve boxes. Um, if you're playing against the the other big hunters out there, uh, Void Weavers, uh, I think Two Fire Prisms is a really good call in Craft Worlds. Mm -hmm. Or you go like, aha, I can hide my entire army, and Harpy's dead. Yeah, like, he's just gonna get scooped like every single turn if you go second. Okay. All right then. Okay, so uh, so you're not choosing out the heart before encircle the prey. Um, what are the key stratagems that you're using, like almost every single game? Um, encircle the prey for sure. And I should mention, I think the harpy is fantastic. I think it's one of the mm -hmm. best data sheets in there. I just think it has a weird niche in the meta where somebody's going to take a storm surge, somebody's going to take a fire prism, and you just can't hide that model, and now it dies immediately. Whereas mm -hmm. you could have kept your entire army alive. That's yeah. more of a GW terrain and current medical than the harpy being like bad. I think the harpy's nuts actually, mm. but um, trampling charge is great if you need it. Um, using encircle the prey obviously is very common. Uh, I'm still a huge fan of overrun. I really like my oh. raveners. Dude, it's overrun's nice so to, like, good right now. Yeah, scoop something and then either like get to safety or like run those raveners forward and make a big five man wide line of like well, you don't get to move now. Sorry. Um, or even using Overrun on a Hive Tyrant. I think some people will get blinded. They're just like, oh, encircle the prey, like, every turn, pull the Hive Tyrant off the board. But he moves 17. You can just get back behind a wall or back to your Tyrant yeah. yard. 
keep yourself safe that way. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I do like the Adrenal Gland strat, uh, where you get extra attacks. I have been playing a lot with a 9 block of warriors, and yep, uh, just 9 extra attacks for 1 CP. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, using it on the tire itself for extra attacks if you need to have that little damage boost. Um, I still use Voracious Appetite. There's a decent amount of stuff still using like Transhuman, which makes that Tyrant hit a lot less efficiently. So rerolling your wounds uh, is really nice. Uh, what are some of the other ones I've used pretty regularly? I have the book right beside me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, was, I mean, the, dude, there's so many. I, I feel like like oh. they, they kept a lot of really good stratagems, like Voracious Appetite. I am, oh, yeah, I didn't I am, expect that one to survive. <laughs> yeah, the fact that that's still around is nuts. Uh, just being able to reroll your wound rolls is so strong um, on a monster, especially on a flying hive tyrant. Um, and uh, all, all the other ones that you were talking about in Circle of the Prey is very good. Um, I also really like the one where it's uh, an extra D3 attacks on a monster or just plus one attacks. Um, yeah, there's so many good stratagems inside this book. And even like your uh, high fleets have good stratagems as well. Um, which is like nuts. Like every single high fleet feels so strong and good. Um, another one that is really great is uh, Shardler. Oh yeah, you... I forgot about that one. Yeah, shoot something with a synapse creature mm-hmm. and you get three d six. Um, I routinely go into plus one to charge as my uh, hypermorphology, mm-hmm. and then yeah, you get you know that thing you're allowed to take one of in GSC. Uh, yeah, a trap sprung, so you get an eight inch charge with yeah. 3d6 yeah drop the lowest yeah you can just have that on your entire army cool <laughs> um uh one of the ones that's really funny and it might come in niche later is corrosive viscera it's 2 cp anything with acid blood we're talking particularly pyrovores but every time you take a wound on a four plus you give a mortal wound back i mean you've that's got actually 15 wounds yeah you've got 15 wounds in the unit of pyrovores it's just 2 cp sure you come after this unit you die for it yeah, yeah. Like they, they still have really strong stratagems. Uh, would would you be in the category of saying that uh, Tyranids, uh, as of right now, have some of the best stratagems inside the game as of right now? Yeah, they've got everything. They've got damage dealing, they've got utility. They've got mobility. Um, they've got um, like insurance factor. Where you're like, gotta mm-hmm. make that charge. Okay, here comes Shardler. Oh, I'm gonna need an extra spell. Cool. He gets to cast an extra time, or he gets to know all the spells now. Um, rapid regeneration for the health being oh, one CP so is really nice now. Um, yeah, they just have like a little bit of everything. Yeah, I love it. Uh, it it's so good. There's so much. So that basically means that you're spending CP left and right, like almost every game, huh? Yeah. How, how much CP are you spending like per game? Are you like dropping down to zero very quickly? Like how, how is your CP, uh, management going for your games? Oh, you're muted. You're muted. Having played Tyranids for this long, um, mm. I'm definitely very good at CP management because it was even worse before. Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, over or uh, optimistic advance from Kraken, uh, shoot twice, overrun something out of oh, yeah. GSC. You drop like three di- or three CP for uh, perfect ambush back mm. in the day. You could just drop like thirteen command points all at once. So I've definitely become pretty good at reserving that usually my first turn is very light and like i get into position and then turn two is the go turn and then we start to like really try and like be very frugal with it from that point onwards um i'm typically starting my games with eight or ten it's usually two warlord traits two relics 
and then we decide whether we want a second patrol or not for the sake of a hive tyrant. Um, I think two hive tyrants is pretty standard, but I think mm. one is just fine. So mm. it depends on how the uh, the armies shake out in the end. Yeah, and um, I feel like that we're that with tyrannies, you're still spending or you're still using a lot of stratagems. It's just that like some of them are just a lot cheaper now. Um, and then overrun uh, has been changed to where it's no longer you have to uh, if you're you have you no longer have to check if you're within range of other units. It's just as long as you're not within engagement range, you can overrun. That was so that's so nuts uh, that, that that they changed it to that. It's so it's so good now. Um, because whatever you're going to attack with, like, your Flyrant, he's probably going to kill it. And then you just spend the CP and overrun back, which is uh, really nice that they addressed that in the data... Or they addressed uh, bodyguard rules in the data sheet, or in the data slate, just because it used to be where... Um, because since this uh, book was leaked for so long, a lot of people were doing Tyrant guards that could bodyguard a Flying Hive Tyrant, had the Flying Hive Tyrant move out, kill something and then overrun back and you couldn't interact with that unit on another level, not just in circle to pray. So it's good that they did change that. Were you running tyrant guard at all in any of your lists? Oh yeah. I've had tyrant guard in every one of my lists. Mm -hmm. I think there's kind of like a core of things that you can take in your tyranid book. Um, and it, it sounds weird to say core. Cause you see when I think of core, I think of like mm -hmm. maybe 500 points and you're like, yeah, this is the 500 points that's in everything. But I think the core of a turn army is like a thousand points. It's like this. Oh, yeah. You can just start every turn list with this 1000 points. Um, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever you want. For the last <laughs> thousand points. It's like tyrant, tyrant guard, venom thropes, zoanthropes, neurothrope, maliceptor. That's probably already around a thousand points, but that's like the core. You've got a big, strong psychic block. You've got a super mobile tyrant. You've got stuff to make your army more durable with the venom thropes, and then you've got um, uh, like the zoanthropes, like running a gun and because they're yeah, just slashing more wounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then what? You know what's crazy is that a neurothrope is a horn chitin model, so like he can use the trampling what? charge. Yeah. Okay. No, there's no way. Yeah. No, we used Malice after, right? No, no, Neurothrope. Neurothrope. What? <laughs> How did I miss that? I I literally don't uh, believe yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, right ma ma yeah, ma yeah. I'm I'm playing a I'm playing a joke on you. No, I'm kidding. See see if it is. I'm pretty sure it's a horn chitin model. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, so you have, like, this stupid little brain bug character walking around. He could charge something and just deal flat three mortal wounds with a three-up invuln. Like, what? That's <laughs> just... So funny. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was, like, monster lock or something. That's so funny. Yeah, that's, like, that's very surprising. Like, I don't know where you're like, yeah, here's six mortal wounds. Get the heck out of here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, if you read Champling Charge, uh, maybe it only says monster. Maybe that's the only caveat is that it has to be a monster horn chitin. Um, we're going to work this out right Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. We're we're doing it live on air. We want to, we want to see what's going on here. Yeah, that's so funny. Trampling charge. Okay, use a stratum in your charge phase when huh. a hive tendril monster model from your army. Okay, so it has to be a monster. All right, all right. And the real question is, I'm pretty sure horn chitin, that's all it does. Yeah. Boost. Yeah, so I don't like, know what else then what does it do does then? <laughs> Unless we countered it as a monster, no, nah, it's infantry. Yeah, it's infantry. Okay, all right. right. Okay, all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. you know there will be a new army of renown. That's what it is. That's what's happening. That. that. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so with um 
with a uh, uh, so <laughs> ignoring that, I I I, for, I totally forgot where we were at here. Um, but uh, uh, ignoring that, you just went over all the units that you think is like the base of what is a a, a good Tyranid's army. Um, what is your reasoning behind like all those choices? Because like I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, venom throws for the minus one to hit, uh, malice scepter because he's just a good brain bug, uh, zoanthropes for the four up invulns, all that stuff. Uh, do you want to like kind of just uh, break down why those are the most core units inside of a Tyranid's army as of right now? Yeah, all those units have like a good overall amount of power, but then they've also got this like crazy utility baked in. So you've mm. got the zoanthropes for their synaptic imperative because. Obviously, just hand out a 5-plus invulnerable save or 4-plus invulnerable save to your whole army. Wildly powerful for a turn. Mm -hmm. um, the Neurothropes, plus 1 to cast, plus 1 to deny, 5-plus against mortals. Also, very powerful synaptic imperative. Both of those are also just tanky, uh, durable, and just great casters in their own rights. Mm -hmm. Zoanthropes throw out a Super Smite, which is D6 plus 3 with the Zoanthrope rule, 50% of the time. Um... Neurothropes, uh, fantastic buff for the other two casters. They've got um, healing ability for the Zoanthropes. They've got the 3d6 take the top two dice for your cast. So if you want to really juice up the Malicepter or the Zoanthropes, just fantastic. They're, they all work really tightly as a unit. Mm -hmm. um, Tyrant Guard obviously just go hand in hand with the Hive Tyrant, and the Hive Tyrant is kind of your like weirdly your like long range threat. That's yeah, a, it's weird. Thirty-inch range threat is what the tyrant actually has, um, and then you've got the tyrant guard to protect, and then the venom tropes are just—it's great to have a minus one to be hit on most of mm -hmm. your army. You can spend one CP to extend that range to a twelve-inch bubble, which is just—it's your, your whole army. If you have three guys yeah. all spread out, you, you just get your entire half of the board is minus one to be hit. Yeah, um, and, and also. For some reason, they slap in combat and uh, also have a fight last and a no fallback. Yeah, this is weird. <laughs> um, you you didn't mention uh, Tyranid warriors at all. What what is a are they on your priority list, or do you think that you can yeah. live without them? No, they're. I mean, okay. So the only miss I think in the entire Tyranid Codex mm -hmm. is the little bugs. Mm -hmm. I think all the little bugs kind of suck. I can see I don't, that. Yep. Yeah. Don't want Termagants. They're seven points. They don't do anything. You can juice them up. They still don't do anything. Um, especially with Armor of Contempt now. Oh, yeah. Um, Rippers are trash. Uh, there's just things that do everything they do better. Um, Hormagants might find a place, but eight points is still really expensive. And I, in all of my lists, I have a single unit of Gargoyles that are just there for utility. They're just there to go do objectives. I'm not. I'm not expecting them to do anything else, mm -hmm. kill anything. Just go do the mission for me. So warriors are essentially our only troop choice. But who cares? They're amazing. Oh, they're for so good. Twenty-five points. Like every time I would play somebody new with them, they're like, "I'm sorry. That how many points are these things? What are they doing to me?" Like they have good shooting, durable, insane combat. Like when you're oh, like, yeah. "Yeah, no, I have forty-five attacks out of my nine models." Um, at strength oh, eight. At strength eight. <laughs> yeah, like two damage. Like, 
hitting on twos because of direct guidance, rerolling ones because of the tyrant. Like, do you want to just pick them up? <laughs> like, do we really need to roll this? Yeah, dude, it's it's so nuts. Like, um, I remember when um the Tyranids Codex was like coming out, and I was like telling people like, hey, these are what Tyranid warriors do. You guys have to watch out for these guys. They're very very powerful. Uh, you know, like, just don't think that you're going to walk up to them and just smack them and then they're just going to die and then that's it. Like, uh, and every time I did that, I always had to write an entire paragraph of all the buffs that Tyranid Warriors have access to because there's a lot. There's so much. Uh, like, uh, they can't run from morale because they're synapse, right? Uh, so they can't do that. So they're fearless, just straight up. They are also synapse. Um, their high mind imperative is exploding sixes in melee combat. Uh, they have options for a strength eight weapon that gives it plus one attack for free. It doesn't cost any points for that. Uh, death spitters also their ranged weapon also free. I don't know why, but you know, that's free. Uh, you give them 15 points, uh, for adrenal glands. That's what makes you strength eight. Uh, you get plus one, your movement. So you're moving seven inches on a troop choice. You put them in Leviathan and they're also transhuman. Like, what? That's eight things I just listed that I just listed off. That for twenty-five points. And like what? <laughs> With a four up save and their T five. Makes yeah, no I remember, sense. I remember telling somebody like yeah. going through. I was like, Yeah, everything that you just said, um even like having adrenal glands opens up the strat for extra attacks. Yep. For five points, you can mm-hmm. give them flesh hooks. And now there's a stratagem to let them hit on twos. Also your jump infantry now. So you can just yeah. pass through crates yeah and then i was like yeah and there's 25 points and the person i was playing against a friend of mine was just like that doesn't make any sense he's like what's their downside like what is actually their downside i was like bad armor save yeah they got a four <laughs> up i guess <laughs> but who cares it's yeah, it, don't forget the minus one damage strat mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all those good stuff uh tyranid warriors are just absolutely crazy i like blows my mind how good they are um which is great because they're also synapse which you know brings us uh to another point that i wanted to get to here is uh do you find um your synaptic link ranges to be limiting you at all like i i feel like that that was kind of how they wanted it to be like you had to be more smart with your movement but every game that i have played with tyranids i did not care like i had synapse everywhere and it did not matter to me is that no, is that it, no i've had zero issue getting yeah. any buff or any spell anywhere. It's like, mm. yeah, Aerothropes at the back of the board. He hits the Zoanthropes, which hits the Warriors, which hits the other Warriors, which hits the Maliceptor. Cool, I just casted from, like, 48 inches away. Yeah. Like, the easiest thing in the world. And all you have to do is think about it a little bit, because the synaptic link range through a unit is not a bubble. It's a, like, hot dog, right? Yeah. So you're like, yeah, I got it to the back of this Warrior, the front of the warrior unit's like 10 inches in front of him and then it exits out of that guy yeah like yeah you just cast anywhere even like the buffs somebody's was looking at me like how are you getting like the reroll ones to hit from the hive tyrant to these warriors i'm like here to here here to here yeah yeah it's just you're just like bopping them like throughout the entire game just like this is gonna go on to here on to here on to here so like even the synaptic link ranges aren't like hard to get to and a lot of your psychic powers use synaptic link ranges you know like onslaught is a synaptic link range i believe catalyst as well so like you can get those buffs off those strong defensive and offensive buffs onto your units without like any like it's it's really easy especially since warriors are synapse as well and like kind of extends out that range it's crazy um 
now for the biomorphologies for the high fleets, and we'll talk about the high fleets right after this, but uh, for the biomorphologies, which ones are you enjoying the most? Are you enjoying hunt, lurk, or feed more? Um, I mean, primarily from what I've been playing, because it's, if we're talking about the high fleets, mm-hmm. one high fleet is the one I think the best, the other one is the high fleet I think is the most. Neither mm-hmm. of those high fleets have access to lurk. Mm-hmm. I think lurk is the best. Um, five counting as five wounds and being objective secured on all your monsters is fantastic. It's very strong. Mm-hmm. Extra save if you're in cover, very strong. Um, I can't remember what the other ones are, but they're all. I think lurk is just the best table. Oh, it's so strong. Yeah. Um, but I've just happened to be picking ones where I have to pick from either feed or hunt. Um, I love ignoring terrain. Um, sometimes you're just like you're going to get slowed down a ton. I'm going to ignore everything. Also. It's not even ignoring terrain. Sorry, I should say it's ignoring movement penalties. Yeah, Screw it's a, you, an exonerable. Def- yeah, it's an exonerable advancing almost, right? Yeah. Yeah. Screw you, Tanglefoot. Screw you, Tau, Plasma Grenades, or whatever the <laughs> heck it is. I'm charging you. You can't stop me. <laughs> um, I like plus one to charge. I like... Um, there's a couple other ones that I have sometimes teched mm. into. I'm a sucker for plus one to charge. Um, I probably use it more than I should, even when there is like a situation where it might not be the best. I just oh, love well, being like, yeah, <laughs> deep strike charges are not failing. Yeah, just guaranteed charges are just always good, right? Like it's just guaranteed distance, and like the more they can guarantee it, just the better it is. Um, I also really like lurk just because there's like this one, there's this one upgrade in lurk that is just crazy to me that it exists because you used to have to pay for it and it would only go on one unit, and it's um. All of your monsters act as double their wounds for uh, purposes of determining their uh, da- their damage chart characteristic, which is, like, crazy to me because so many of your models have increased in wounds. Like, a Flying Hive Tyrant, you have to bring him down to three wounds in order to put him at second bracket. Like, what? That's crazy. Like, that's so that's so much fun for me for building, like, a, a cool, like, a... Lurk type of like I, th- I think like behemoth or uh, might have it uh, type of army, but like you said, I can already tell which ones which uh, high fleets you're already going for off of the ones that you out of the categories that you enjoy. Um, but yeah, what were the other options that you like going for? I do it hasn't come up in a game. I haven't. It's one of those ones where it, I would use it if my opponent was really combat oriented, but many mm. times. When it's been really combat oriented, the game's been a blowout. Yeah. But having your entire army being able to heroic. Oh, crazy. <laughs> that's space crazy wolves. strong. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's nuts. <laughs> On warriors and venom tropes and everything, like, mm-hmm. man, you just, just kind of interweave your units, and you're like, anything that charges is getting hit with everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's yeah. not a ton of other ones that I'm really into. Um, mm hmm. There's, there might be some if I ever go heavier into playing Tau. Um, just having your army not be able to be overwatched is pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, especially um, with uh, army content becoming more, uh, more uh, uh, in the meta now. Or you know, since that came out, you're probably going to see a lot of like salamanders at this point with their. Uh, uh, you can't reroll wounds against them anymore. Plus AOC, you're going to see a lot of flamers nowadays. So turning off Overwatch is nice. And so uh, what we're talking about here, these are biomorphologies. Uh, Every single high fleet that you have has access to these. Uh, You'll have like one trait that you can use um, built into the uh, the high fleet, but you can switch it out for whichever one. If it's like, if it says 
that you can uh, switch out a trait in the hunt tree or in the lurk tree. Then you just choose one of those and you can pick any trait from those trees. So that's what we were just talking about. So let's just go on and talk about these high fleets now. Um, I can retell really which ones you like, but which, uh, what, 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 uh, what high fleets are you seeing as the most competitive and then the ones that are mo the most fun for you? Um, I'm going to quickly go back to the questions that you showed me because we, I don't think we fully answered them, but, uh, what do I think about the, the supplement and Crusher Stampede being legal? I hope they aren't. Mm -hmm. Uh, Codex without those is still S tier and probably the best codex we've got right now, especially after the data mm -hmm. slate. Yeah. Uh, with those supplements, completely unacceptable. Immediate emergency nerf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about these high fleets. Which ones are your, are, do you think, are you going to see more competitively? Like, which ones do you think that people are going to be fighting against the most? And which ones do you prefer to play, like, when you're just joshing around with your friends? Um, there's definitely a couple that I want to see work that. Mm -hmm don't because of data sheets i would love to see gorgon and hydra um i like the rules i like the mm -hmm. outnumbering i like poison um it feels very tyranid to me but they are definitely two high fleets that are very all kind of all in on like hormigons and i just yeah. don't think hormigons make the cut right now um i don't think they're particularly if they go down to seven points we'll talk mm -hmm. um so those two are ones that i would like but i don't really believe in uh, Kronos is not for me. I am not in Tyranids for shooting. So Kraken is my favorite. It's what I've played throughout all of 8th. Um, I realized it was like far and away the best one in 8th edition until the very end with Octarius. Mm -hmm. um, I just like the idea of Raveners moving like 20 inches and charging through walls and stuff. Um, but as far as pure competitive play, I do think it's Leviathan. And it's not just the durability. Obviously, I've gone heavy down the warrior path, so the synaptic link, or sorry, the uh, transhuman on them obviously is fantastic. But you just have a lot of utility of like having Hive Nexus, the spell that yeah. allows you to throw out a synaptic imperative. So you're able to just hand out a 5 plus invulnerable save to a big unit if you want. You're allowed to hand out an action from the Malice Scepter, which opens up things like Biovores. So now the Biovores can shoot an action every turn. Uh, if you wanted to, um, you can use it on the Malice Scepter itself. You Hive Nexus the Malice Scepter, and now the Malice Scepter can throw its minus one strength aura every turn on top of casting. Um, it's just a very good utility, um, play the mission, play the game well kind of high fleet. Oh, yeah. And then, like, on top of that, uh, you have your transhuman for all your synapse units, which everything is going to be transhuman, or everything is going to be synapse. Like, I think a, a, a regular like uh tyranid army will have maybe like three units that aren't synapse and like that's pretty much it from there uh maybe four uh but everything else is going to be synapse so all of them are going to have a four up invuln and everything that isn't those four units that aren't they get mini transhuman so that's still cool that's good for them um but yeah i agree their their psychic power is one of the reasons why you run leviathan is just because it's so flexible if you need a unit to have exploding sixes in combat off your tyranid warriors you can do that if you need something to get fall back and charge just like a specific unit boom just slap that onto there like it, it and and this couples in what we were saying before where it's all synaptic link range as well so you can just go anywhere that you want and just select it. And with a Neurothrope that gets like plus two to cast with a Residence Barb, it's going to go off every single time. Like it, it's so, it, it's like, it's just going to happen. You might as well not even roll for it at that point for like a lot of your psychic powers. It's crazy. Um, now we keep talking about this Malice Scepter guy. 
You want to talk about this Maliceptor guy and why he's so good? Yeah, Maliceptor is probably like the first thing on the list of stuff that needs to take a hit. Mm -hmm. um, he's 170 points, which is not particularly so, expensive. Yeah, it's, but it's still, it's cheap for what he does, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. It's reasonable. He's T8, 15 wounds, 3 plus, 4 plus, so he's very, very tough. His combat is not horrible now. Um, better weapon skill. He has a sweet profile, but his spells are nuts. So the specific rule that he has is if you cast a seven or better on any of your spells, and they don't, and they don't get denied. Mm -hmm. It's not just successful. It's a full successful manifestation. The spell has to have gone off. You just get three mortal wounds, flat three, twelve inch range. Don't need line of sight. Um, the real sauce is that you can just juice him up with the Nerathrope's ability. So he has 3d6, take the two highest. So he's almost always rolling sevens. Um, you can couple that up with either his synaptic comparative or the Nerathrope synaptic comparative, where you can either get a plus one to cast or a free action. And you can do his action, which is fantastic. And then you can smite. And then you can Neuroparasite. And then you can spend a CP to do Psychic Scream. So on average, he can just throw out like. 20 mortal wounds by himself mm -hmm. it's, it's it's nuts yeah <laughs> it's, not it, okay. it, it, it's it's crazy and like um the thing is is that the i think that the uh the hardest kick into teeth there is that it's a 12 inch or and a lot of people will say oh you know it's a, it's just 12 inch or you could just play around that well he moves eight inches uh so you know it's not really a 12 inch or it's more like at minimum a 15 inch aura right like that you have to play around. That's the threat range. Plus he can advance and all that stuff. Um, so he does have a pretty strong uh, threat range on, on that point. And uh, the, the 12 inch flat three mortal wounds that ignoring line of sight is actually huge. That means that like, if you are doing something like uh, player optimized terrain and you just stick like uh, a terrain piece, that's like windowless or something that's like, you know, uh, whatever. And you just stick them in there uh you know nothing anything that contests the midboard is like they can't contest it i don't know what can survive like 20 mortal wounds from one unit alone that can contest midboard against the malceptor yeah do, do, do you know what, what 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 would your plan be if you were to fight against tyranids and you saw a malceptor what what's your plan am i playing tyranids as well <laughs> yeah yeah you can be playing tyranids too yeah you can play tyranids as well that's fine i mean it's tough. Uh, okay, so one of the tricks you can do is mm -hmm. you can take a lot of biovores mm -hmm. and use the action to generate spore mines. I see what you're saying. You yep. The spore mines eat the psychic outburst or some of his, his mortal wounds. If you're lucky, you generate six or seven, and then it's like some kind of denial on that. Um, the other one would be is you go for the nuts and you just throw the hive turn in with everything. Like if he's in the mid in the behind a building, the hive tire might be able to get around the building, and you do everything: you trampling charge, you voracious appetite, you adrenal glands. You just do everything you can to just pick him up in one go. Mm -hmm. If you don't, I mean, if you get him down to bottom bracket, he only does one. Like it does degrade, um, so he only does two mortal wounds at middle bracket and one mortal wound at bottom bracket. So you can kind of neuter him that way. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's like you have to be able to be from outside of his threat range to within his threat range immediately getting him. And there's not really an in-between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of brutal. So that's that's what your answer would be as Tyranids. 
What would you do if you weren't Tyrion's, though? Oh, man. Um, I think th- th- this is the real part. This is the... <laughs> if you're trying to find angles mm-hmm. on it or something like that, maybe you can sneak around a corner with, like, Eldar. Like, Fire mm-hmm. Prisms can move 16. You mm-hmm. might be able to swing super wide, use uh, Linked or Focus Fire to ignore invulnerable saves and just dunk on him in one go, especially since you have stuff like I I auto-hit, I auto-wound. You yeah. might be able to just get him around a corner. Um, if you're not playing a top book, I honestly don't know. I don't really know what the answer is. Um, the, the way Tyranids can play now is you really can just play from your side of the board. You can just say, to the last, stranglehold, banners, oh, it's five objectives, one of them is in the middle. Okay, if you want to stop my banners, if you want to stop Stranglehold, if you want to kill my... T- you have to come to me now, which you desperately don't want to do. Yeah, just because of the Malice Scepter alone. And then, like, yeah. that's just the Malice Scepter. We have any... You know, there's also Zoanthropes as well. Zoanthropes, oh, you know, always doing D3 plus 3 at minimum for their Mortal Wounds. Plus, you have your Hive Tyrant, and Reaper of Oblitrax, Shard Gullet, all these, like, things that you don't want to get into, uh, that you don't want to be in the face of. It's just going to be, like, right there on you. Pretty nuts. So, uh, we've talked about Armor of Contempt a little bit. Uh, it's brought like a pretty big glow up for Space Marines. Um, how are you feeling about that? Because now that makes like Tyranid Warriors Bone Sword Strength Eight AP One two damage. So, how are you dealing with that? Um, I mean, if we're gonna have this conversation, mm-hmm. we almost specifically ignore the fact that Zoanthropes Malice Scepter exists. Yeah, yeah, Armor we're we're ignoring those. We're ignoring those. Yeah. We just yeah, don't yeah, yeah. care about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as far as combat is concerned, warriors still, I think, have the jam to like get through most targets. It gets a little scary if you're into stuff like Thousand Sun Terminators. Um, I know a lot of people are probably going to pivot into like Paladin Bricks for uh, Grey Knights or even like uh, Dark Angel Terminators, where the warriors will probably still just bounce. Um, but there are definitely other answers. We're I'm definitely thinking of taking my raveners which have been in almost mm-hmm. all of my lists i really really like the raveners um taking them from having the talons to the rending claws because now you mm-hmm. are strength six minus four so you'll gotcha just plow right through armor of contempt in a lot of situations um it is still a lot of like my list just has so much mortal wound generation between the biovores and the reaper and yeah. like even other sources that it's not necessarily just about what the warriors can do um, but you can sometimes still just burn through with volume. Despiters are AP minus two. The the swords are still AP minus two, and flat two damage is just like the dream into Marines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah. things like uh, even like it's funny that even an Axocrine finds a uh, finds value again because uh, his weapon just ignores cover save if you just move like half an inch. So and he's like at AP four two da- or like three damage. So he just like nukes Marines also. Um, Tyranids continue to be the army that is made to kill Marines. Just uh, lots of fun there. Yeah, yeah. and it, people can also tech pretty heavy down the... I haven't done it, but I think it would work. Um, Marines are still elite. If you want to take go down the rabbit hole of heavy Venom Cannons, they're AP minus three four. flat. No, yeah, AP three. AP three flat four damage. Yeah, that's still plenty. Get, yeah, flat four uh, damage. That's still plenty. If you have... People are taking like three Carnifexes, two Harpies... Uh, Hive Tyrant with Shard Gullet, you know, you're still throwing 20 plus strength 9 high AP instant death to all Marine mm-hmm. uh, weapons downwind. Like, it's it's still going to do really well for you. 
Yeah, dude, shard gold is insane. A strength twelve weapon, AP five five damage. What like hitting on twos? Okay, cool. Yeah, yes. I, I, went, I played custodies and it was really funny, just one shotting bikes. Yeah, it's just it's so nuts. You get three shots of it, but when they land, it's it's a good three shots. Um, so uh, if uh, for people that haven't played against Tyranids or anything like that, um, especially with the new book, uh, with it now being out, um. What are some tips that you can give people to fight against new Tyranids? And what units should people be watching out for? Uh, okay, once again, we've already gone enough into Malceptor, Zoanthropes, the mm. big psychic package. Obviously, yeah. those are really scary. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta give them space or try and minimize what they can do. Um, the other ones would be, I think, Warriors, because Warriors are going to be everywhere. Um, and they just they hit so much harder than they used to, and they're more durable. Um, Raveners are a big one, I think, because they're so fast and they can get a ton of damage uh, from really far away. Um, and they can leave after because they have Burrow, so they can mm. use them Circle of Prey. Uh, the Death Leaper is a huge piece that people have to worry about because he's, if your opponent is smart with Death Leaper, he can really mess with your plans. Um, Death Leaper comes out from behind a wall and charges into something. Okay, that unit can't take any or they're not allowed to use any stratagems anymore so if he gets in you can't overwatch you can't interrupt so he kind of comes with like a fight last um you can't fall back if you were to get trapped that's a big one that i think people might not realize mm -hmm. like if you actually get wrapped normally you could use desperate breakout but you can't because death leaper is there um even against other tyranid players i have death leaper sitting beside my hive tyrant all the time so if their high flying hive tyrant comes to me they can't trampling charge, they can't voracious appetite, and unless they kill Death Leaper, they can't leave. Which wow. means I get to get Yeah, I get to get their hive tyrant. Oh look at that. It's like it's like a it's like a pseudo angel sacrifice. Like it's actually that's that's a really cool tech. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, Death Leaper is that one where you're just like, I'm gonna do this. You're like, mm, no you're not. Yeah. <laughs> is that, was that your plan? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, uh what else? Hive tyrants obviously are gonna be everywhere. I think those mm. are the main ones. Uh, there mm -hmm. might be some things that are going to catch people off guard. I don't think anything else is going to... I guess the way to say it is I don't think anything else is going to catch people off guard because it's going to be really obvious. Like, what yeah. does the Harpy do? Okay, big guns. Okay, I yeah. know what that does. Big Those guns bomber. That... Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are the other pieces that I think might just catch people off guard of being like, wait, hold on. The Raveners just charged me from, like, 27 inches away, and they have how many attacks apiece? Like, seven? What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right then. Cool. So, uh, overall, where do you rank uh, the new Tyranids? You, I think that you said earlier that's going to be S plus. Um, what 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 are you thinking? Yeah. No. I think even without the supplements, I think the Tyranids are the best book in the game right now. Um, okay. Because of those twenty five games that I've played, a lot of them have been into unnerfed Harlequins and unnerfed Craft Worlds because the Data Slate only just came out. And I was still winning most of those games. Those were pretty close. Mm -hmm. But I was still coming out on top of those books. Um, and I think as combos are found and we figure out more, and obviously now with the data slate nerfing those armies a bit, um, it's only going to get worse. The, the, the gap is going to widen. And if you aren't playing any of the other S-tier books, you're screwed. Yeah. Unfortunately. I, yeah. Uh, I, I would tend to agree. What armies do you think uh, does the best into Tyranids? Besides Tyranids. I mean, 
Probably Craft Worlds. Craft Worlds has some interesting answers. Um, they have good utility. They have good damage output. Uh, mm. They have. I think Fire Prisms are important for ignoring invulnerable saves. You will get situations where you just get to kill a Maliceptor or a Hive Tyrant from across the board if they're not able to hide. Um, they can all. They're also one of the armies that is the best at playing to the corners. Like some armies, if you're if your game plan as your army, this is a lot of marine stuff, Grey Knights, Dark Angels, stuff like that. Which I also think those are two of the better armies now because Same. of Armor of Contempt. Yep. Those are two armies that want to jam into the center. Custodies, I'm going to play my game at the center. You can't play that against Tyranids. The book disparity is too much. You will not lose that center game. Eldar can go, okay, screw it. I'm going to play R&D. I'm going to play Engage. I'm going to play like to the edges. And I'm just going to run away. And I'll I'll make my game slowly whittling you down with shooting and staying away and on the edges of the And I'm not going to come towards you. So that's why I think those would be the best into Tyranids. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, well, okay. So like we, I think that it's safe to say that we can both agree that uh, Tyranids is probably like is the best book that's out right now. Um, like the despair. Like if you didn't think that there was Codex Creep before, this is a Codex Canyon at this point. It's like the 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 amount of stuff that you're seeing here is like so 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 crazy, uh, comparatively to like Necrons, right? Like it's just like it's like such a huge gap. It's not even funny. Um. If that's the case, you know, what are the nerfs that you can see happening to the Tyranids to bring them more in line? Um, a general point increase on Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Raveners as well. Um, it's, I would say, because I have thought about this already. Um, yeah. Insert Ray becomes 2 CP on Monsters. Mm-hmm. So it becomes more expensive for the Hive Tyrant to do its thing. Um, Malceptor, probably a bit of a rework. Um, let's make it so that it doesn't go through walls, the Psychic Outburst. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I can agree with that. Maybe you only get Psychic Outburst once per turn. Mm-hmm. It's one of your spells gets the Psychic Outburst instead of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have to figure out how it's going to work with Psychic Actions and spells. Because right now, the way it's worded is that you just get your Psychic Action on top of everything else. Like It doesn't even count as a cast. So maybe if that actually takes up one of your casts and you get to cast less, because you can have a turn where you cast four times with with stratagems yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Let's maybe limit it down to like only two casts, a third with a spell or with a, a stratagem, um, and even then maybe like a points increase. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Maybe a points increase on the harpy. It is kind of a wild data sheet once we don't have. Uh, like fire prisms and stuff being able to scoop it from across the board. Uh, maybe even the narrow throw up a couple points. It's pretty wild for a hundred points. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's one of those things where there's like, there's, there's a lot of ways that they can hit the book. Um, but like, what's so great about this book is that even if they do get hit, dude, this book is massive. There's so many good stuff in it that like, you could just flip to something else and be completely fine. Um, there's so yeah, much. This might become a Drukari thing, where yeah. they miss the mark a couple times, or they like they only hit the stuff that's in every list, and then people go, "Okay, fine, well, I'll just use that now." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like, there's still screamer killers that are still uh, that you can still run, and those are nasty as well. It's just that like, it's like if you were to do like a tier list, there's like S plus, and like there's all the S plus units, and then there's S, and then there's like S minus, and then there's A plus. Like, 
that that's what we're at right now um which is uh which is pretty crazy which i'm happy about because i like tyrannids you know they're so they're so much fun they're they're really really cool um but the disparity is like pretty nuts all right cool so that is uh that's all that uh we have planned out to talk about for today is there anything else that you want to add on to uh add on to this any other topics that you want to talk about um no i think we were pretty complete yeah i think this uh i think this is pretty good Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so that's the Tyranids Codex. Hopefully, uh, you know this ep- this episode by the time that's come out, we'll see some. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how they did at like at tournaments and uh, what happened there. But uh, until then, um, we'll see you guys later. Alex, please plug yourself on all the social medias that you can uh, that you could possibly name off right now. Uh, obviously, um, I think a lot of people know me mostly from Art of War, uh, where I am a coach. Obviously internet expert but i'll teach anyone anything about 40k um i'm not super big on social media but i am in a lot of different spots on discord um you can find me in the best in tabletop network with colin fairman and mitchell pelham Fuck Arnett, um doing stuff there we just had a video drop today um the art of war discord and a couple other little canadian ones as well so uh yeah check me out on there and i'll talk your ear off if you let me <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye.